Hola, mis amigos. It's been approaching almost a month, a month since my last episode, which I think has been entirely way too long. Uh, a lot has been happening, including a milestone of a birthday here at my house. I turned 40, y'all. Uh, I believe birthdays are yet another great opportunity to stop and reflect on whether one is growing into the type of person they want to be and if they're doing what lights them up and then, you know, adjust course accordingly. So in that vein, starting early next month, I'll be spending even less time at my real job, real being in air quotes, my real job, in order to devote more time to this podcast, my writing, and my time with those of you who choose to play with me in my sandbox, whether that be in soul-empowering hypnosis or dream interpretation sessions. So exciting times, my loved ones, exciting times. Um, Let's talk about today's guest. Today's guest is Lorena Espiga. She is an Akashic Records reader and a podcaster. She and her sister Lucia have just released the 100th episode of their podcast, The Soul Tribe Podcast. She incorporates flower essence therapy, breathwork, and other modalities into her sessions with clients. Now, speaking of flower essence therapy, she compiled personalized formulas for both my daughter and me. So stay tuned for a bonus at the end of this episode to hear Lorena explain what flower essences she chose for me and why. Now, as I mentioned, she also met with my nine-year-old daughter and came up with a formula specifically targeted for her current needs. Those of you with children, or even pets for that matter, you know that you like fantastic people even that much more when they love your kids. I could see Lorena's eyes genuinely light up when she met Natalie. And Lorena spoke directly to her in such an easy and relatable way. I can highly recommend Lorena with no hesitation. And I think you are going to really, really enjoy this interview and getting to know her a little better. Lastly, I want to wish a very happy Independence Holiday Weekend to those of you in the United States. But really, every day is a day to celebrate our personal sovereignty as humankind, isn't it? So, as we are often reminded, freedom, though a birthright, often comes at a cost. And although we may not be asked to put our lives on the line, The cost of freedom to us could look like being ridiculed for not conforming to an external agenda or a popular narrative. So I encourage you to join me in celebrating choice for yourself and others every opportunity that we get. All right, here's Lorena. Thanks for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. I'm April Dawn Scheffler, and I invite you to play with me and my guest today, Lorena Espiga. Welcome, Lorena. Hi, April. Thanks for having me. This is amazing. So excited. 
Well, in this segment, we pop into a virtual coffee house before hitting the beach. And being the benevolent host that I am, your order's on me. So what order do you give the barista? Oh, always decaf. <laughs> always a decaf Americano. That's it. I'm pretty simple with my coffee order. That's what I have every day. Well, now that you have your refreshing beverage, let's dive right in. Sometimes living one's purpose and going through this human experience can look like playing big, and other times it can look like playing small. But in your spotlight moments, Lorena, have there been any claims to fame, times our listeners may have seen you or your work? Oh my gosh. Um, I always kind of like downgrade things, I think, for myself. Um, But I think it's those moments that someone reaches out to me like after a reading or after a podcast and says oh my gosh this touched me so much like it's not even about people like a group of people right or a lot of people seeing your work to me it's it's just that one person coming through and saying this changed my life this affected me so positively right that's that's where it kind of hits me and it makes me feel like recognized and and loved and like I'm in my purpose that's that's where it's those little moments but I don't know even like I've been on other podcasts um Lucia my sister and I who uh, maybe some some of you might know um we have our own podcast and even just having like people that we reach out to come on the podcast sometimes we're like whoa this person said yes (laughs) like things like that you're just like wow like people understand what we're about and really want to join in this community and be able to like talk about these topics that to us are important and to obviously our listeners as well. I think those are kind of the moments that yeah, pop shine. out to me. Yeah. 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 Well, guests are asked to choose a word or phrase that they would like to hear used more often in everyday conversation something that doesn't get enough play or enough airtime. And the prior guest, which is your friend, Courtney, she chose for you anomaly. So you are tasked to try and somehow fit that into our conversation today. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Now you also get to choose a word for the next guest to dance with. And it could be a peculiar word that you find funny or that resonates with you. So what are you laying down for them to pick up? I'm not sure any words that were used in the past. So I'm not sure if this is going to be a repeat, but to me, a word that keeps coming up um, time and time again in the last probably month, month and a half that I want to share with, with you is authenticity. And I think it's a word that to me really resonates, especially during these times, because we're all being asked to go into our authentic version of ourselves and how does that look? How does that, how does that resonate? How does that, how do we do that? You know what I mean? So I think it's, it's a word that could bring in some, some interesting chats with your next, with your next guest, I guess. I love what you just said about how, how do you bring that in or how do you do that? I I guess I don't want to wait for the next guest. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what are some ways that you have found helpful to, to bring authenticity into your life? I think the first thing would probably be, first, first of all, and I think a lot of people that know me know my struggle at, 
I've had with loving myself and accepting myself. It's still a struggle today. It's something that I, I am still working on. And to me, the first step of becoming that authentic version was accepting myself and, and starting to love myself for who I was, for the mistakes I made, for the mistakes I continue to make, um, for the good and the bad, right? Because I think sometimes when we focus our thoughts on just the mess ups that we've done or when we choose things and they don't feel right or we, when we don't listen to our intuition, I think we keep straying more and more away from that version of ourselves. So first, I think it's where we're at today, accepting ourselves, loving ourselves, and really looking at our shadow. I think that's something that I still struggle with in a lot of ways. I push away looking at these dark sides of myself. I've gotten better at it, I think. And I think therapy's helped me quite a lot in having readings from other people. But I think really looking at yourself for every aspect from the dark to the light and just kind of like going into your heart and understanding that all of that's part of you, but that you, that that makes you authentically you, right? Mm -hmm. And that you can change from that point moving forward. It's like, okay, what version of myself do I want to move into in this next season or in this next year or with this new project I'm doing and being able to like surrender and flow with that and, and, you know, we're never going to continue to be the same person. We're always shifting. We're always changing. And we have to also go with the flow with that and, um, and allow those things to, to come through and to flow with the new eras and ages and, and stages of our life. Well, I thank you for, for saying that because um, I just wanted to get your take on that before we skipped on to the next thing because um, you do strike me. Uh, I listen to your podcast a lot. And for those who are listening, it's called the Soul Tribe Podcast with you and your sister, Lucia. But um, I think listeners definitely feel the authenticity coming from you. So I, I was wanting to ask you about it because I think that you really do embody that. So... Yeah. Thank you. And I, it's so strange because a lot of people say that I'm like, I try to be as real and I try to talk to people and, and sh- share my struggles and share what I've been through because I think it's important that we all do that in our own way because we're all going through different things and someone might resonate and it might help them, right? And it's funny how you don't realize that that could really affect and help somebody. Just being that version of yourself and being able to call yourself out on things and what you're, you know, what, what you've struggled with, what you're going through. And I think just being completely honest with that makes you authentic 100%. But I don't realize that. I think when I do it on the podcast, I'm just being myself and trying to show up to help people, you know? Right. Whoever has a platform, you're tempted to, to filter out all of the, the, what you label as bad, all the negative things, and just to portray this one side of yourself. Um, yeah. Because especially like in the spiritual realm, we don't want to be judged for being less spiritual just because we're having a human experience and it's like a crappy day. And we're, I don't, I'm not going to speak for you, but like, at least for myself, I do, I think I share plenty <laughs> of my struggles, but at the same time, there is that little voice like, you oh, know, if you share that, someone's going to be like, Oh, you're just not looking at it from a higher perspective and you need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's like, culture. what are people going to say? Right. Yeah. What are they going to think? 
And believe me, I totally resonate with that because that was, that has been my whole life. It's like, what are other people going to think of me doing this or that? And it, you have to get to a point where you're just like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, especially when you have a voice and you have a platform, this is your platform. This is your way of communicating things in your own unique way. And that means that it needs to be from every aspect, from that spiritual side, from those days that are crappy and you feel less spiritual to when you feel completely connected and have messages to give to people. Like it's, it's, it needs to all be included. And I think as we move forward, people are realizing when people are being not authentic, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this just feels fake. It doesn't feel right. And and I, yeah, think- I can't tell you how many people like on podcasts and stuff, I'll initially subscribe and there's sure enough, there are like some nuggets of like some truth, but at the same time, they're, I only get that they're sharing one part of it. And I don't know, to me, it, it's not as helpful as someone who's willing to share all of it. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah. Then I'll yeah. use my time to follow someone else who is embodying how to live a spiritual existence within a human body too, like doing the two at the same time. Yeah. Without, agree on like, that. without pretending that we're just having one, one experience. We can't because we are, we have so many layers, right? We have so True. many aspects to us. And, and the reality is we are a soul incarnated in this world, living a human experience. So we're supposed to feel and go through all these human things. It's, it's part of why we're here. And if we deny that, then we're not being authentic. That's my take on it though. <laughs> Hey, it's Sheffy here. I want to take a quick moment to invite you, my dear listener, to join my community over at patreon.com forward slash aprilific. I offer two tiers of support, the Palm Palms, which is $5 a month, and Thunder, so named because a pack of dragons is called a Thunder, and I thought that was pretty cool. And that's at $10 a month. Both tiers get access to podcast bonuses, as well as my frequent videos throughout the week. Those who join the Thunder tier also receive a one-time homemade gift as a token of my gratitude and access to my Akashic Records readings. Perks will be added as the community builds and as you, the patron, tell me what you'd like to see offered. The community is going to grow with us. Another way you can support this podcast if you're listening on Apple Pods is to rate and review the show. The more five-star ratings, the bigger the potential to attract even more listeners to this podcast's message. But regardless, I feel so honored with your time. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. So I usually like to start off the podcast explaining how I connected with my guest. And so, yeah, I was trying to remember because it has been a whirlwind of a year and a half. I feel like that's really when things changed for me, like went up a notch and there was like a whole new portal (laughs) I stepped through. I'm not sure, but it's been a whirlwind. I've been really interested in dream interpretation. Some of my episodes are dream interpretation, but I was looking for podcasts 
about dreams, dream interpretation. And somehow Gabriel Ginter's podcast came up in my search results. And I, looking back now, I have no idea how, <laughs> how that showed up in my internet search for dream interpretation podcast, because that's not anything yeah. that she really delves into. But it's just the universe, I guess, pointing me in a certain direction. So I, I looked her up, I subscribed. So I'm listening to Gabriel's uh, podcast and she talks about her Akashic records and how she learned from you and your sister from the Soul Tribe podcast. And so then I subscribed to you guys and heard a little bit more about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I... I love this concept that you can ask the universe a question, get an answer, and who wouldn't want that connection? The whole world's going to be signed up for this class, I felt like. (laughs) (laughs) That all it would take is for someone to hear it, and they would want to, of course, do it. It was a no-brainer for me. So I just went ahead and signed up, not even having my own reading done. So while I was waiting, I was binge listening to some of the episodes that you and Lucia had done about the Akashic Records, what to expect, et cetera. And then before the class started, actually had my reading with both you and Lucia. Y'all did a yes. reading for me. You and Lucia have very different ways of receiving information intuitively. One of the ways that I really resonate with you is that you have really judged your own experience based off what someone else's looked like. And so in your case, um, one of those situations has been your sister. You're like, your sister is very visual and yeah, compared to that, yours is not, not the same. And I have really loved that part of your journey has, has been embracing that and yeah, I'm not going to do Lucia. I'm going to do Lorena. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so you, you get more of emotions and feelings and knowings, right? Yeah. Not so much visual. And so having the two of you together to give me a reading, it was really cool. I remember what you were intuiting from the very beginning. You're like, I'm sensing a lot of anxiety. <laughs> and I was like, I I totally believe it because um, I guess I'm one of those people that maybe because of um, this work of self-love I'm trying to go on myself is I'm feeling defective. Like I'm going to be that one person that it doesn't work for. You're not going to be able to open my Akashic records, but yeah, we, we delved in deep and it was really emotional and it's very you know, intimate space. Um, it is. It really is. And I think this is where I'm going to pop in that word now, right? You feel like you're the you're the anomaly, right? You're the exception to the rule where everybody, most, I mean, I, I have not had a reading where I was not able to connect to somebody. Never. Maybe it was a little bit more difficult to get information because they were a little bit closed off or trying to test the waters or kind of dubious of what was going on. But Sometimes I do feel like a lot of people go into a reading, either if they're going to get their their Akashic records read by somebody else, or they're going into a course to learn the Akashic records. Like I'm, like I'm the anomaly. I'm going to be that weird person that doesn't that doesn't connect. That doesn't the other person can't get information for. 
And that's where I think our self-doubt comes from, right? It's why, why, why would I be that case? Why, why am I the anomaly? And I even felt that way when I studied the Akashic Records. It was like, even looking at people around me, this is so long ago. This was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I was probably like 20 something. And it just felt like, holy crap, like everybody else is connecting and I can and what's going on. And, and I was like, I'm the weird one, right? I, I'm that anomaly that can't, I, I'm just that case of the person that can't do it. And, and that's never the case. We all can connect. We all have that power and we all have the power to open our energy and let somebody else read our records if we're open to it. And I think that's the main thing here. It's like, if we're open to it and you, that's why you never force anybody to get a reading. You never force anybody to do anything. Um, but going back a little bit to what you were saying about kind of my journey with it, it was seeing not only the people that read for me, cause I had been getting readings for so long. It was seeing my sister had, who had also been doing it for so long. And then also, you know, I had gotten that message, that download that I needed to open Akashic records for other people. Um, after being my own reader for so long. And it was like constantly comparing myself, constantly looking at what other people were doing and how they were doing it until one day. I don't remember if it was I got a reading from somebody. I think it was maybe like Golden V. Um, it was V, I think. And she she did a reading for both of us together. And it was like, you have to stop comparing yourself. You're a completely different reader. And from that point forward, I made I made the conscious effort to not compare myself to her and to become the reader I needed to be because I am completely different from her. And I, you know, we always, people would always compare us. It's like, oh, your sister's so, so energetic and you're so calm, like, and she's so this and you're so that. And it's like, I got into that energy, right? And it's like, no, everybody's on their own individual path. And I don't want to be comparing myself. And that's the moment I feel like I started being more authentic to myself and, and, and started to really tap more into my own intuition and how I wanted to do it. And I incorporated flower essences into my readings. And, you know, I still have a journey, you know, it doesn't end. It continues probably until the day I die, but it definitely feels like I'm more on my path now and that I'm and more authentic to myself like you were saying for me channeling and receiving information is a lot about feeling and i think that also goes with a lot of my astrology you know i'm, I'm a scorpio rising and i like to go into stuff deep i like to go deep and figure out where things are coming from and and how i can help somebody and what they need to look at i need to integrate that a little bit more into myself i feel and this is me calling myself out it's like i feel like sometimes i need to really go deeper with things and sometimes i find myself trying to like skim the surface you know so you know you also learn through the readings like that's where I, I see things come up for somebody else i'm like oh wow that's something i probably need to look in in my inside of me because that's something that I, that really resonates but we're all are on our individual journey i remember you in class and and you channeling i was like wow Oh, holy moly, like, and just seeing your energy with it and how none of the students can compare themselves because we're all so different. And the moment we start comparing ourselves is a moment that we're not, we're not able to go down our own journey, our own path and make it our own. And that's something Lucy and I always really push like on these courses, like find your own way. We're going to give you the tools. We're going to give you all the information, but you need to be authentic to yourself and figure out how this works for you. 
we can't give you all those answers and you need to really practice because with that practice comes your own experience with it. I love how you and your sister, even though y'all are quite different, y'all work together very well as a team. And like, if you think of it in that concept of as being a team, there's not as much comparison. Cause I, I can see how you're like, oh, your sister is such that this way and you're that way. Well, if you're tempted to act outside of your box that's been drawn for you, right? You might be like, oh, wait, no, I can't do that. That's more, that's more Lucia energy. No, <laughs> this, is, this is Lorena's energy. Um, yeah. And I'm going to do me and, but y'all do work very well together. And I think that's really cool that the universe uh, put y'all as sisters where y'all can not compare yourselves, but complement each other and, and work together so beautifully because as y'all have mentioned on your podcast, there's a lot behind the scenes to what you guys do, because not only do you have the podcast, but you have the Akashic records offerings that you both do separately, as well as you offer the dual reading that I like I had done um, with you and you have like your own offerings on the side. I know Lucia has some of offerings that are particular uh, to her. And then you, like you said, you have the flower essence that's, that's specific to you, but yeah, you also have these courses that you offer and there's a lot behind the scenes. Cause I know just trying to do this on the side, my own podcast, like just getting the word out on social media, like you have to create a little graphic about each podcast and make sure you're putting it out on all the channels and putting the right hashtags on it. And yeah. we were talking about all the work it takes to, you know, post-production to, I don't to edit. And <laughs> there's a lot. Time. Yeah. One of the things though, that you, you told me that your human design profile, you're, you're a manifesting generator type, right? Yeah. So it should not have been very surprising to me to learn that not only do you do all this, but you also started your own business for yeah. virtual assistance. <laughs> yep. I do so much. It's crazy. Sometimes like I have like five to-do lists right next to me right here. Um, and I'm always thinking of ideas and wanting to start and like, you know, I've been studying, for example, astrology for over a year and a half now. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to study like human design because it, it kind of is associated with astrology. But I'm like, no, I need to finish one thing before I move to the next because it's like I, I can do so many things that I start to feel like flustered and, and I start to stress myself out and I put too much on my plate sometimes. Um, and I want to make sure what I'm doing really is coming from a place of like my heart and that I'm doing it with the best intentions possible. But I find my my like, what is it like my brain or my mind or my intuition is just kind of pushing me in different directions constantly. It's crazy. It drives me nuts sometimes, to be honest. Yeah, I think that was speaking to me as you were talking, because I do have a tendency to have like all these varied interests. But I think for me, it's kind of like not trusting myself and like looking for the answer outside of myself. Like maybe this is like the thing or no, maybe this is the thing. And yeah, I haven't really taken the time to go very deep with any one thing except maybe the Akashic records. I have been um, developing that practice, but 
it's been like searching for the answer, but even if it is the answer in a way, it's like a great system with a lot of information that would be helpful. Like there's a lot of tools in that toolkit, like still, you know, you need to know how to use the tools or take the time. Like for what's coming to mind right now is you can have like this great workshop in your garage with carpentry tools and all these things to craft some really great stuff and you have top of the line uh, tools but if you're inside watching television or anywhere else except actually honing your craft in this workshop then it's not really going to do you any good oh i agree with that and that's something i i've started to learn more and more it's like there's something to be said about you focusing on one thing for a bit so like what I've started to kind of think in my, in my mind is to have like seasons, like this season, I'm going to be focusing more on my virtual assistance company in my business, or in this season, it's going to be about our level two Akashic records that's coming out really soon, you know, and, and realizing that I can't focus on everything all at once. I'm, I'm going to drive myself crazy, but something you said really resonated. It's looking inside of myself to find the answers. And that's something that I mean, now I'm doing, but my whole life is like, hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And it was constantly looking outside of myself to find those answers. And I think, you know, the Akashic Records definitely helps because I, I know I can connect, I can look inward, I can do my breath work, my meditation. But, you know, nowadays, if I ask for advice or look outward, it's, I'm asking the right person. I'm just not asking random people or people that don't have my interest in mind. And I'm not asking them what to do. I'm asking for their advice on what they would do in a similar situation. And I'm able to see all the scenarios and I'm able to understand it from a different perspective. And I think that's where, as you grow, you start to realize that and that the answers are always inside of you. They're not, no one else has that answer for you ever. It's you. I'll be turning 40 in a few days. I feel more comfortable now in my own skin and as a human being than I've, I ever did. And so when I come across people um, who are already seem to have it all together like in their 20s, it's oh, like, wow, oh yeah. my gosh, why couldn't I have been at that level that stage but then it goes back to not judging my journey i totally feel you <laughs> i turned 40 in may and i had a bit of a freak out it, you know for me turning 40 was like whoa i mean i freaked out when i turned 30 as well i had like a midlife crisis or something it's like it's like they're big numbers and it's and it's this idea of like where did i even imagine myself at 40 i i couldn't even i don't even know I don't even know. But I think that idea of like, wow, there are people that are awake a lot younger now. I don't think that used to happen before. We are at a completely different place on this planet, but also with awakening. And there's so many more tools. People are so much more open to learn something online and understand it and, and become a reader or become a Reiki master. Like that wasn't normal, you know, when we were younger. And it's beautiful that people can, you know, imagine what they'll be like when they're 40, you know, how yeah. more awake will everyone be that, that excites me. So my husband, he just turned 53 and he was telling me how he felt as though he should have accomplished more, been in a different place by now. 
And I don't know why that makes me so sad. Um, I asked him like, well, what, like, what did you think you should have accomplished by now? Because I think as human beings, really our task is to, to love and be loved. Right. And so if that is your standard to embody love and to soak it up, really, there is no failure in that sense. So I agree. And we all are on our own individual path. Like, and I, and what comes up when you say that is what struggles has he had to go through? Maybe a lot of these struggles were repetitive and it kind of gives me that feeling of you might have like kind of tripped over the same rock a lot of times. And then it feels like you've lost time and we never lose time. We are where we need to be. And ultimately we have that free will to do what we want in this life. We really do. We just need to really empower ourselves with that knowledge and know no one's holding us back from doing what we want. Mm -hmm. Usually it's us. We're the ones holding ourselves back. I can say that for myself and my journey. Like I've always held myself back and I still do with a lot of things, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. It's not easy. And I have to work on my self-love and, the belief of what's possible to create in my life and being a co-creator with the universe. I have to remind myself of that every day because sometimes I get stuck in my to-do list and these things I need to do. And it's like, actually, no, those are just part of my day. And actually I'm, I can create a new reality. I can manifest new things and we need to just pull ourselves away from that sometimes. Maybe that's what he needs to kind of focus on right now and realize. And I do agree with what you said, you know, it's like, a lot of times we can break everything down to a few words. It's like, for me, it's, it's peace. It's freedom. Like freedom for me is a huge thing. And, and me starting my own business for me was f- freedom. I am free to work from home. I'm free to come on a call with you now because I can make my own schedule. Like that makes me happy and it makes me feel good. Um, and I had to create that. And, it, and there was a lot of bumps on the road. <laughs> but, you know, it's still a work in progress. And I'm, but I'm happy. And that doesn't mean that it's going to stop there. You know, we need to always be creating and realizing that there's more to what we, what we have and our potential. I wanted to go back to something that you said, you have the Scorpio rising. And so I looked at the email before we hopped on the call and you said you have a Taurus sun, a Taurus moon and the Scorpio rising. So I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I resonate or I see a lot of myself mirrored in you, um, in, in your journey in ways is because I also have a Taurus moon in Scorpio rising. Do you really? Yeah. Even though my son is in cancer. Yeah. I have a Taurus moon in Scorpio rising. So. <laughs> wow. That, that would re- definitely you would resonate then. Yeah. I have a lot of earth, so much earth. I think I, we did like the breakdown in class of all the elements and I have I would say like more than three quarters of my charter it's all earth like that element is so prominent in my in my chart that sometimes I do become very stubborn I do become very fixated on things and I want security and and that's where the Scorpio comes in is trying to like pull me away from that and try to like go deeper and not just be the superficial kind of energy not to say that Tauruses are superficial. It's not about that. It's more security and, and feeling things and very, very much about this material world, right? But Scorpio's asking for something greater, right? It's asking to go deep and to go into the dark and the light 
and be able to see every aspect of of the world and myself and that's where I'm at now that's that's what I feel like I'm at now and you had also told me that in numerology your number is the number four yeah and so the themes surrounding the four are manifesting which blows right into my <laughs> manifesting <laughs> generator a uh, logic and reason foundations compartmentalizing uh, totally. grounding and so whenever you said grounding that's when i pulled out my little numerology <laughs> folder yeah. here because it that that triggered that the four being the grounding and the problem solving so the gifts of the number four are patient practical organized intentional steadfast reliable disciplined honest and fair and i think a lot of those themes are very tourist themes oh my god that's all me <laughs> So the, the warnings, I don't know. Uh, Tell me, yeah. The number four <laughs> would be too serious, uh, argumentative, humorless, workaholic, narrow-minded, critical, and confused. So some those would those, be yeah, some definitely. of the, the warning signs. Where, where the only one that I don't really resonate with is argumentative because I do have a lot of Libra in my chart too. Oh, wait. Um, you, you do realize you just rebutted what I said though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, true, that's true. Um, I have so much Libra. That's something I struggle with as well. Like, I'm trying to always make things calm and everybody get along and things to be okay. I don't like conflict, mm-hmm. uh, and I need to pull away from I that. So, because right? I feel so fiery and passionate about things, but at the same time, I do not like conflict. Yeah. I would rather just be able to express my feelings and my anger and whatever is burning within me and then not have anyone react to it. That's not how it works. That's though, not right? how it works. <laughs> I mean, it depends how you communicate it, right? Like, I like to communicate things calmly, organized, right? Like, yeah. it's like but there's also something to being able to express yourself and and say it in the way that is authentic to you right it's like Mm -hmm. it is what it is you know i'm gonna try to be i'm gonna try to say it in a non-judgmental way i'm gonna try to say it with unconditional love but sometimes it you know the other person's gonna react because of what they're triggered with it has nothing to do with you so that's where we have to like kind of surrender and, and let go and flow and know it is what it is like and that's something that I struggle with speaking up and saying how I feel. And that's been a lot of my struggle with depression and my panic attacks and my anxiety. It's I keep everything in and it, I, have, I have to consistently and constantly work through that and realize, no, I need to speak up. I need to talk. I need to communicate because then you're keeping everything in, right? Yeah. Thinking with the manifesting generator, one of the human design one of the ways you're supposed to work, like your strategy would be to inform, like you need to inform, inform, inform those around you. So yeah, you know, for you, especially like communicating, like you said, is really, really important. Yeah. So I had taken a numerology course, one of uh, Courtney Starkey's students slash friends, she offered a numerology course. So I signed up for it. And when I had opened up my Akashic records, the number four was very prominent. One of the other cool things about the four, she was saying, if it can kind of look like a lightning rod. And so you are grounding, you're taking all of this information and knowledge from 
from source, from the spiritual realm, and you are grounding it. Like, again, the theme of the four is like grounding. Mm -hmm. And so I just love it that you're so, you have a lot of earth in your chart because it, it's all about grounding. It is a lot about grounding. bringing that information down into a practical, I'm trying to like repeat the words that are in your intro to your podcast, <laughs> yeah. practical and down to earth way. I can't remember yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's true. But I was, as I was thinking about that, I just heard the intro from your podcast ringing in my head. And like, it just makes sense that, of course, that's what you would be trying to do. Ground it and put it into very practical tools for people to use. So Yeah, that's, that's like our main goal with anything we do with posts or courses. It's like, we want people just to understand it. There's, there's no reason to make it all fancy and like tricky right it's yeah. this is accessible to anybody like if you want to do this you can and we want to make it easy we want to give you the exact information you need so that you have the tool and you have the information and then you just take it with you you do what you need to do so i think this leads well into what are the akashic records so if someone who's listening has never heard of the akashic records before which is not likely because I talk about it a lot in my podcast, yeah. but can you explain to them what the Akashic records are and what is accessed during a reading? Okay. So I'm going to go into this practical kind of explanation. <laughs> so a lot of people like to refer to it as, um, so the Akashic records as the book of life. So you can kind of imagine it as this book with a lot of information um, that's pretty much just like your soul information from this life, from past lives, even information in the future. Um, but then I, this, this download we had with Lucia, my sister, um, was like, it's like a database. So you can access the database kind of like with a search, right? And the search would be you asking a question. So this database has all of the information from things you've felt, things you've desired, things you've done, actions you've taken, lessons, struggles, um, karmic information. And we're able to access that through a verse or a prayer. Um, so you can, there's different levels of the Akashic Records, of course, like uh, today, you and I each have our own Akashic Records open. So that would be level one. Level two is you being able to open somebody else's where it's not just like I open anybody's, right? It's I need their permission. I need certain information. Um, but the idea of you opening your own is that you can access that information through the questions you ask. And a lot of that is through writing. Um, and then the idea here is that through that information, you can heal, you can understand yourself and that you can, you know, for example, I'm struggling with this decision I need to make. What is for my higher good? And they could at least give you information on why you're struggling with the decision and what you need to maybe do moving forward or things you need to change or things you need to look at to be able to make that decision. Uh, it's not really like necessarily yes or no answers. It's more, okay, you're struggling with this because of this. And this is why, what you need to look at so that you can move forward and feel aligned with whatever you choose. I'm glad you brought that up, Lorena, because sometimes I'll ask yes or no questions and I will get this roundabout <laughs> that doesn't address it directly, but yeah, it gives me exactly what you just said, more of a yeah. background or a foundation to, yeah, answer it more deeply than just with a yes or no. Of course, I still get yes or no answers. It depends. Yeah, sometimes I do too, but then other times it's like they're they're not. 
being but when they give you yes or no it's like they want you to keep like when i say they it's the masters that guides your soul wants you to keep like asking like you want they always want you to keep digging deeper because the deeper you go with your questions and the more we keep like digging the more we're able to get to the root of a problem or an issue or a repetitive issue let's say and that way you can get your answer. And that answer usually is just information that helps you heal. And you be, you have like the aha moments like, oh, wow, now I get that. Now I get why that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And what I need to do and and, and how I feel about it and, and why it's going on in my life. Why is this repeating, for example, right? Yeah. Some of the examples I can provide for listeners is when I had my initial reading with you guys before I learned how to open my own, a lot of it centered on what was my contract with my first husband because I was still there was a lot a lot of pain still wound around the whole situation we got divorced after 13 years of marriage and he ended up committing suicide two years later so there's a lot of guilt still surrounding that and like just a lot of pain Let me know if I'm not explaining this correctly, but when it comes to soul contracts, and I know this is kind of getting a little off base, but you were talking about how, you know, we choose to incarnate into our families and um, at a certain time with the astrology, it all works together. We choose our experience. And part of that is that we have a soul tribe, a soul family that we choose to incarnate with because we have lessons to teach each other because we have goals to learn in a specific lifetime. Like I want to be able to learn this and this and people agree in these soul contracts to play that role for you to help best teach yes. you that lesson. That's so perfect. what I was asking about is what was my contract with my first husband and the information I got did turn it into a it was very beautiful, like the information that came through and it helped me to be able to see it from a higher perspective above the pain and trauma. And um, yeah, so I loved that. Some other examples, basically when anything comes up that makes me feel tumultuous inside, troubled, I'm fixating on it or I find myself revisiting it, I can ask the Akashic Records. So for example, when my, I still call her my stepmom, but she, she was, uh, her and my dad had divorced, um, but she was still the stepmom from my childhood. So I still consider her my, when, so when she died, there were a lot of things um, that had my head spinning, like, okay, so my, my brother has uh, special needs, um, my half brother. And so he had been living with her, like, how does this all going to happen? They live far away. Right. And I just put it out into the Akashic Records, like, what is my role in here? And it basically, it told me uh, to step back because I generally tried to be that savior, that person that comes to the rescue and fixes everything. And I think people have come to expect that of me as well. I'm going to let April fix it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fix of course. It. I'm getting goosebumps you saying that, like it feels very aligned, yeah. So they um, told me to step back and let other people step up and that Mm -hmm. there would come times when I could do my part to help, but I needed to not off. I needed to not volunteer. I needed to step back. Exactly. I I was like, use that word. I love that word for you. Volunteer. 
it's I choose what I, what I do. I choose my path. I think that's a huge thing for you in this life. What do I choose for myself? Cause a lot of things you've had no control over. Yeah. So it's, that is so true. It's, it's you choosing now you're choosing to do a podcast. You're choosing the guests that come on, right? Like this is all super empowering for you just with that lesson. But going back to what you're saying about the contracts. Yes. You know, we our souls. So let's say our souls meet in that ethereal plane before they incarnate here and they choose to help each other. It's with unconditional love. And it's, it's with this infinite understanding of each other, of what the other needs that, let's say in this case for you, it was something huge, right? It was this person that left your life, but that soul did it for a reason. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why the two of you had to come together and you had to experience that. I think when we can get that information, extract that and and kind of come full circle with it in a reading, that's where the healing starts to happen or, or can complete. Whenever there's pain, what I have found myself saying before, whether I don't you know that was conscious of actually thinking this out ahead of time, I can endure anything if I just know the why. Yeah. All right. So don't test me on that. <laughs> but <laughs> at one point I was like, you know, things would be so much easier to endure if I just had a reason. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. understood it, then there'd be a reason for it. But yeah. Sometimes we have to just trust, right? And sometimes and we do. Faith. We don't have the answer, but then often the Akashic records they do they do shed some light. Yes. And either they give you the complete answer and you're satisfied with it, or it gets you to a point where it's enough that you're okay that you can relax into the trust. And that's um, something that we learn, right? Like it's maybe we're not ready to hear that complete answer right then and there. But we ask that same question a year down the line and all of a sudden, wow, I'm ready. I'm prepared and I heard it all. And now I can like close this off with a bow, say thank you and release it. It takes time. Not everything is releasable right away, right? We can't heal everything right away sometimes. There's a process to it. And maybe because we're not ready or we're resisting it or whatever. Everything has its own process and we just need to honor that, right? Right. Uh, a lot of my questions focus on relationships because I, I don't want to lie here, but I'm thinking my Pluto is in Libra. I'm not mm. sure, but there's a lot of work for me personally to do with relationships. And so if the relationships are right in my world, I'm a lot more happy yeah. and at peace. And it doesn't really matter what else is happening as long as those relationships are secure. So a lot of my questions deal with relationships. So if I have a friend ghost me and right. you know that was really, really close, I considered her family, I'll, I'll be asking, you know, what's going on here? Should I try to continue and continue to reach out? And the answer was no. <laughs> so, you it's know. Great you're getting those answers. This, that's amazing. And like with my parents, you know, sometimes there have been some some past hurts, some wounds. And I will, whenever I feel like I'm ready to hear the answer, I have asked the Akashic records before about that. And it has given me some, wow, some eye-opening information. It's not just this ethereal, un, 
substantial practice. I, I think it's very, very practical and it, I love it. It's very practical. And I think this is where I have to sometimes remind myself, like I know the Akashic records are always there. I open them to, to do our podcast with my sister. I open them to come on here with you. I'll open them if I feel like I need to focus on something a lot or ask a question. But sometimes when we most need it is when we most forget it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's my case. Like, it's like, oh, darn it. I should have opened up my Akashic records for that. Like, why didn't I do that? It's like we block ourselves sometimes from using these tools that we know are there. And this is just like a reminder to anybody that's listening. Fall back on those tools, especially when you feel like you're lost. Take a step back for a second, a minute. Be like, hey, what, what tools do I have right now that I can use to help me through this? It doesn't have to be the Akashic Records. It could be anything, right? Well, and you have other tools as well. You teach breath work and meditation. I have to really commit to that. <laughs> I do it for myself. But yeah, this that's something we're going to be incorporating more even to like our level two. Like Lucy and I were actually discussing that today um, to making that as, as part of um, at least the, the, the kind of course and um, to help people go more into their bodies and to connect with themselves. Um, but it's something I've been, you know, I, I kind of started some YouTube videos. A lot for me is like getting out there and showing myself because I, 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 you know, I get a little bit insecure with that. But I know that there's so many things I want to say, especially in video format. And I want to put out free breath work. Let me ask you something about the breath work. Is that um, holotropic breath work or a different kind of breath work? Um, so I don't know what name it has, but the course that I did just show, just kind of like went through a bunch of techniques and there are different techniques. Some are to just get more into your parasympathetic system to, to calm your nerves down. Some are, there's sequences that you can put together to help you connect more with your intuition, to help you you know, get more energy because you have to like go on a podcast and you want to make sure you're like high vibe. Um, some are for releasing, releasing things and they'll help you like kind of purge things and cry and, and feel. I don't, I don't know what holotropic would be, but I mean, it's very different from like, for example, um, what's this guy's name? Oh my God. Like the number one guy, uh, Wim Hof. Wim so Hoff. it's not like that. It's mostly and all through your nose, in through the nose and out through the nose. So it's a lot about kind of just balancing your energy and getting to a place of, yeah, a feeling connected to your body and kind of embodying your emotions, your feelings and, and, and feeling connected. And then after that, you can go into like a meditation, which feels like I didn't realize what a difference doing even a few minutes of breath work before you meditate, like how different the experience could be. It's insane. So I would definitely encourage anybody to even just look up breath work sequences online on YouTube and then do your 15 minute meditation. It, you drop into the meditation so much quicker and you're able to get so much more out of it. Welcome to Nonsense with Natalie Corner. I know I haven't been here for a while, but I still got some jokes up my short sleeves. So, um, let's do the joke. Roll it. What did the duck say to the clerk while, um, before buying lipstick? 
What? Put, do you have any guesses, Mom? Mm-hmm. I've heard it before. <laughs> Put it on my bill. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Adios till next time. Bye, guys. I've mentioned how a string of events led me from a Google search on Dream Interpretation podcast somehow to... Gabriel's uh, My Leap of Faith podcast, which had nothing to do with dreams. <laughs> um, well, maybe because in her intro, she says she follows her dreams. I don't know, but I had searched for dream interpretation. So anyway, and by that, I, I came in, into awareness of you guys at the Soul Tribe and the Akashic Records. And then as I was continuing to listen to your podcast, you had Courtney Starkey on. Yes. And People who have been listening to my podcast since January, they realize like how much of an impact her and her community have had because uh, I've had so many of the, the people I've paired up with in her workshops. I've had them come oh, wow. on to the podcast. It's been really, really amazing. And then having her herself me. come on uh, last time, it was really, really amazing how everything just kind of has from one thing to connected. another. It's just built on each other. Oh, I love Courtney. And she has such a beautiful community. Like I've met so many people. I did also the course with her. The Soul I Empowering? Yeah, the Soul yeah. Empowering Hypnosis. It was amazing. And I, I do help some people through that still. Like I use that technique um, with people. But I just love the people I met through that and how she creates like this very safe environment. And it just feels like, you know, everybody, you know what I mean? It's crazy. And, and obviously you're, you're going through these sessions with people where you, where you things come up, it's very intimate. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like yeah, her energy is just, we've had her a few times on the podcast as well. And we could talk with her for like 10 hours. Like it's <laughs> insane. <laughs> She's awesome. As I've mentioned, I've had one Akashic records reading before, and that was facilitated by you and your sister. And coming up, you and I are going to have a one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. And this time, you're going to be incorporating your flower offerings. And so usually what I like to do is go ahead and have that done ahead of time. So that way I can talk to you and the listeners about my experience. But this is going to be great, too, because I can ask you my questions before it happening. And so then the listeners yeah. can just follow along <laughs> with course. me. Because I'm sure they would probably have some of the same questions I do. So when I hear flower therapy or flower healing, flower essences, first of all, how does this information come to you? So I get the impression. So like we're doing the Akashic Records reading anyway. So you already have my records open where yes. you can ask my, my higher self, my team, what flowers would best help me at this stage? in my journey but does that come to you towards the end of a reading after you've kind of gotten a feeling or at the beginning or yeah is that just like another sense of knowing some yeah so what I usually tell people now when I'm going to put together a formula for them so we, we talk a little bit about it at the end so I'll tell them I'm going to be taking notes during the session because you'll see me like kind of look down and write certain things and they'll kind of give me the cue to write something down. So my, my masters and guides will be like, okay, 
this topic needs to write that down. And sometimes I'll get an actual flower essence name come mm -hmm. up. So I'll write that down. Um, otherwise, I'll write down what's going on and certain words the person is saying, which really resonate with that topic and what they're going through. So that'll be during the whole session, during whatever I'm channeling, and I'll be writing down or they'll say something, I'll write it down. And then once the session, like, you know, I've closed your Akashic records, you've gotten all your information, I explain kind of, I, there's many flower essence systems. There's a lot. Um, the ones I work with are Bach Flowers and Flower Essence Society, which is also known as California Flowers. Mm -hmm. And the reason I work with those two is because they complement each other so well. And I started with Bach and that's kind of like, to me is like the number one system of flowers and they're amazing. But when I learned California, I was like, holy moly, like there's so many more flowers and there's so many more topics and things covered in this that could complement each other because you take them in the same way. So you take four drops four times a day. Oh, that was good. That answers that. the other question already I was going to ask, like, like these flowers, once you get the information, what flowers to help, I mean, are we getting them and chewing them? <laughs> are we grinding them up into a powder and putting them into a tea or are we just getting like an essential oil and rubbing it on our skin like how that's a really good question um so what so basically once the session's over i take about a day or two to really sit down with the information i've downloaded and i sit and put your formula together so there's generally about seven to eight flowers within the formula and what these are like you can actually buy the stock bottles of the flowers there's actually like a whole process i don't do that whole process i'm sure there's a lot of people that create these stock kind of essences so there's a whole way to do it with the sun and with water and there's like a boiling method there's a lot of different methods to creating the actual essence like the one flower essence but you can get them online. So I give, because obviously I'm not in the United States. I'm, I'm, I live outside of the United States. And for me, you know, it's, I'll give you your formula. This is exactly what it is. So in my email, I put everything and I empower people. So you have two options. You can either go through this pharmacy I found online. It's like an apothecary and they have a really cool link. You just put in all the flowers that I put in my email and they send you your formula with all the flowers. So it's basically just a little bottle with two drops of each essence and you take a few drops in your mouth, like under your tongue, four times a day. So four drops, four times a day. So it's not like you have to even like do anything with flowers. It's just these essences that they basically have the essence of the flower in them. And the other option is you can buy the stock bottles and create the formula yourself. So you'll need to buy like a little dropper bottle. You don't need to have like cognac or brandy um, and then all those stock bottles. It generally is cheaper just to go the route of the pharmacy because you might not use those flowers anymore if you heal a lot of things and we change your formula. But well, a lot of people have gone that route. Idea. Like how often would someone need to have their formula looked at again to me? That really fun. depends. So a lot of, like I was saying before, my Scorp Scorpio rising really wants to go deep. So during these sessions that I do with the Akashic Records, when I read somebody else, sometimes they're going into a lot of things from their childhood, sometimes it's past life stuff. So generally we're looking at a couple of months from two to three months, but I always have people check in with me. So it's like, after a few weeks of taking the flowers, I want you to tell me how you're feeling. And if we need to tweak anything in your formula, we can. 
but generally I'm finding two, I'm giving like minimum of two depending on how ingrained things are, but then you're checking in with me. So it's not like you have to continue with that formula. We can have another session together. We can sit down, we can talk, but when there are very ingrained things and things that we're healing at a really deep level, like, like really traumatic things, I find that these flowers generally take a little bit longer. They're not, they're not so quick, but it depends. You know, I've, I've been surprised too, right? <laughs> like, like, oh, wow, you're already feeling better after a week of taking the flowers. It's like, it's a combination because especially if you combine it with an actual Akashic Records reading, it's, it's very powerful and it really pushes you in that direction of healing and really helping you through that. I wanted to bring up the Shasta Daisy. Okay, so oh, people yeah, yeah. who have been following me on Instagram, Sheffy's Sandbox uh, account on Instagram, saw this pop up on my story. I just, I love synchronicities and this is one of those coincidences <laughs> that I was like, oh gosh. <clears throat> the universe is loving and it's it has my back that's that, yeah. that's the kind of message i get when this stuff happens so i had had a hypnosis session with courtney and the timing of this happened like the day before my my dog transitioned and it was like this magical beautiful wow, transcendent moment. Cause I know sometimes with, like, within the hypnosis session, I remember saying, oh, this is my mother-in-law. She passed last year. That was her favorite flower. And, but it was showing up within the session. And I didn't know what the significance of the Shasta Daisy was. Right. So I just kind of went past it, but I thought it was cool enough that I put it in the title of the, of the podcast. And then afterwards, like I see, guess what the essence of the flower essence of the month of June is? It's the Shasta Daisy. Yep. And all of like its significance was listed there and how maybe you can explain it better than I can. I don't can. even remember it. Let but, me see what I wrote here. But yeah, I remember downloading that flower because I was like, because generally what I do each month is like I, I, I download a theme or I kind of download what information needs to be looked at that month through the flower. I think it was perfect also for Gemini season because it was talking about how we have a tendency to get mired down into the details and not see the bigger picture. And the Shasta Daisy is encouraging us to take yes. all of this the mental whole. anxiety and flurry of thoughts as a, I guess, symbolized by the petals and it just centralizes it into this. Seeing the bigger light. picture. That's, that's, that's the word I wanted to remember the bigger picture and seeing yeah. all the parts, not just one aspect of it. So we can all not only make informed decisions, but be able to integrate everything. It's integrating all the parts, right? Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful flower. I don't know if I use it much with I don't know if I've used it much, maybe once in one of the formulas, but I like to highlight these flowers because I feel like it's information that people might want to know. And it's something that empowers people. And it's cool to see how one flower essence can embark so many things. And that's the thing, like you might see that's one aspect of the flower, but there are a lot of other aspects to it too. So it can, it can help treat different things 
and from, I don't know, let's say from one flower, you can help um, heal trauma with your mom, but can also help you like your circulatory system. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it moves things and there's, you know, you have to be very intentional with the flowers you use in a formula because they don't have any side effects. They're not going to give you anything bad, but you want to make sure that you pick the right formula for the person so that they actually feel different. They start to see change. So you have to really dig in order to get there. And, and the person needs to really open up because not all my sessions are through the Akashic Records. People can have just a therapy session where we're talking for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. But I depend on you being completely open and honest and me really writing everything down and making sure that I'm not trying to push you to say something, right? It's what what's going on? What are you feeling? What's going on in your life? And, and, and how can like, just tell me, just open up and, and be open and I'll be able to find what works for you. But that being said, I find it so much richer when it's combined with the Akashic Records because there's things that come up that you can't escape and I can't push you to, to see that or to ask those questions, right? Mm -hmm. So Lorena, how can people find out more about you and follow what you're making in your own sandbox? I love it. Um, okay, so to kind of find me, I think the best way would probably be my website. Um, I don't update it as much as I'd like to, but um, that would be www.lorenaespiga.com. And let me so just interrupt for a second. I usually like to have the guest background story, like what where okay. what their aha moment was but i was looking at your website this morning and if people were just to click about me it's there oh so, yeah is it yeah it's there so i just encourage okay. people to visit your website and click on the about me and you know if you're wanting to get more of lorena's life-changing moments how she got from there to now then just read there 100 percent, yeah and i i post blogs like blog posts there um, but then I think the next best place would probably be Instagram so that would be Lorena Espiga underscore wellness and I post a little bit about myself what I'm going through I, I share the flowers I share my dog mm, oh, I love yeah. um, and you can get like a good idea of who I am through there I think as well and, and what I do and, and I, I do know you're channels. probably about to say this but I want to Wow, I'm too, I feel like I just jumped in like a big bully. Um, <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I, I wanted to encourage everyone to sign up for your Patreon page because yeah. um, the Soul Tribe has its own Patreon group. And I have my own Patreon group too. I have like two, two subscribers right now, but one of them is Courtney and she you know, she used to be a cheerleader. And so I feel she like really? he was. I love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> was that's a cheerleader. Summer. And so I really feel that coming through. So I'm glad she's there being vocal and encouraging mm. me because otherwise I might feel like, mm. but she's seeing like the bigger picture, like April, just keep putting this out. This is great. You have to keep and So going. when people do find you, they're going to have this whole wealth of back viewing to see and it's going to be helpful so she's like it's so true what you're saying speak to the people of the future who will be viewing not necessarily and that's that's a good point tree. because even when we started our podcast i mean we're almost i want to say like 
three years in already maybe it can't be that long i don't know but we're going on our hundredth episode soon and when we started like it was like one download two downloads it's like it doesn't matter how many people are listening it doesn't matter how many people are following you have to put your message out that's what it's about right mm-hmm. and that's it, it can get a little discouraging at moments right but you never know who's going to come on that path with you so just going back to that word authentic be authentic to your path and what you need to say and why i would encourage people to if they're vibing with you the patreon group is even I mean, it's the same with me. Like if people vibe with me, I would encourage them to follow me on Patreon because that's where you and I, you've said this before, you you and your sister feel like you can even be a deeper level of authentic there because you know that people who are there, they're there because they want, they're on the same vibration as you. They're wanting the information so that we can grow together. It's not that you're not being authentic with the public podcast. It's just that some things are precious. And I'm, what's coming yeah. to mind is the biblical reference of not throwing your pearls before swine. Uh, yeah. In that some things are precious and you're sharing like even deeper level of yourself that you want to be a little bit more protective about. And so you're, you're making sure to share that in the right place with the right people. Because again, you know that the people who are there are ready to hear it. They want to hear it. They're there for it. I mean, it's six fifty a month, US dollars to subscribe. We do and- monthly video channels. So it's yep. kind of like an extra podcast episode. And then Lucy and I individually channel whatever comes up for that month. Mm-hmm. Um, so like this month, for example, um, I just did an audio. It was kind of like 30 minute audio, I think. And then I pulled some Oracle cards and then I just kind of, kind of just channeled what was coming through for, for that energy for that day and for the month generally. And yeah, we do go deep. It can go pretty deep. And I don't know if everybody's ready for that information, but you know, maybe it just satisfies it our Scorpio rising. <laughs> yeah. And it's true what you're saying, like, we are super authentic and we are ourselves and we talk about pretty much everything on the podcast, mm-hmm. but there's things that we go into just deeper yeah. and we're very open. Like we want people to tell us what to channel about and what questions to ask. And we do like quarterly now, we started now quarterly Zoom, like live Zoom calls with everybody where it's not us channeling necessarily. It's all of us just chatting and getting to know each other, which, oh my gosh, is like amazing. So I think that's July 11th. Yeah, it's coming up soon. So um, we're looking forward to that. And yeah, it's like this kind of more like a smaller community because we don't, we don't have that many people, but it still feels like a little family, you know? All right. So I completely hijacked the conversation. You were telling us about <laughs> how we can connect with you. If someone's interested, probably best way website and then Instagram. And of course, we just talked about your Patreon page and you yeah. did email me all of your links. I will have those in the show notes for people to just uh, click on. Maybe you have found this to be the same, but depending on what platform, I use anchor.fm to publish my podcast. And depending on where people listen to it, some of the hyperlinks are clickable and then some are not. Oh my gosh, thank you. I thought I was going crazy. No, you're not. Like iTunes, iTunes doesn't, like it doesn't see the links for some reason. I'm like, I did. I went through all this extra work to make these clickable and yes. super easy and then what the heck 
So what I started doing is just actually putting the link. I had to do that too. So. Because I didn't want people missing out, especially if we had like a guest or something or a special mm -hmm. topic and we wanted someone to see a post or something like that. So we just, I, you can like compress the links too. So they're, they're not taking up so much text because you have like a maximum. You do. Of words yep, you and write, I have so. maxed it out. <laughs> yeah, I usually right. max it out too. Well, I love how in the Lifestylist podcast, Luke's story ends his pods asking his guests this question. So I'm including it in mine. Who have been three teachers or teachings in your life that you might share with our audience that they could go research and also learn from? Wow, what a good question. Oh my gosh. I think teachers for me, I just want to make sure that I'm acknowledging what really feels right. Um, the first thing that kind of comes up is my Akashic Records teachers. There's not just one, there's two that I've studied with and did both levels with because they really put me on this path of starting to listen to myself and believing in myself. They didn't give me all the answers. And I found out obviously down the line that I needed to do a lot of the work myself. So you said teachers or- Or teachings, yeah. Teachings, well, the Akashic Records, 100%. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that goes in with, with my teachers, but the Akashic Records have, been, have completely transformed and changed my life in such a beautiful way and have really connected me with so many people and to my own healing, but also to help others heal. And I, I don't think I could live without them. Like I don't, my life would not be where it is right now if it wasn't for that. We wouldn't even have the podcast, of course, because that download came through through having my Akashic Records open. And then I think that the next thing would probably be just self-love, like learning the teaching of self-love. Like, and I know a lot of people can learn it in different ways, but to me, it's self-awareness and journaling and going to therapy and just listening to myself and, and being able to love myself through anything that happened or will happen because I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. And I know I'm going to keep messing up in my life and doing things probably not in the quote unquote best way possible, but I'm trying my best and I can acknowledge that and love myself through that. So I think there's, there is so much power in each of us learning self-love and connecting with that, that part of all of us. Not all of us will need to learn it in the way I did, of course. And I know this is very personal, but we all can, can do it a little bit better. We can all go more into self-love and that's going to help not only ourselves, but the people around us, our path, our purpose. It's going to help us connect to everything. And that's something that feels so powerful to me. What's coming to mind is that, like you were saying, we can all do it better. And I think some people, when they hear self-love, they're thinking about someone who is self, very self-absorbed, mm -hmm. um, but it's actually the complete opposite because um, usually if someone is very self-absorbed, they're trying to get the attention or love that they never received. And so by them authentically loving themselves and not trying to put patches on it or whatever it is that they're seeking to gain from being so self-absorbed. Um, it's, it's just not the same as authentic self-love. So oh, like you course. said, we could all do it better. Yeah. And, and there's always room for that, right? It's yeah. like, we all think we might love ourselves the most that we can. It's like, there's always something deeper and that's going to kind of 
help everything in your life from your job to your family, to your kids, to your dog, your pets, you know what I mean? It, it, to your career, to your purpose, it affects everything so profoundly that, I don't know, this is my experience, of course, and to me, it's changed me so much. And I still have a ways to go. <laughs> I'm not quite there, but you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with knowing that it'll be a process throughout my whole life. And, you know, just kind of being able to kind of lean back into that and, and enjoy the process of it too. And self-love, correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes that is selfishness in a way. Like society has put this negative connotation on selfishness. And I have a lot of that programming in me. Me too. Yeah, I do a lot for other other people trying to like placate and make everyone else happy and because selfishness is bad well you know what to a certain degree it's great um and normal and healthy because what i have been realizing along my journey is that when you make the decisions that are best for you for your highest good and for your journey then everyone else is positively affected yep when you don't bend like sometimes if it doesn't matter sure why not do something that's nice but yeah don't do don't bend where it matters so what i liked with the akashic records and some of what i've heard through the molly mccord podcast is that when you make decisions that are good for you which could be considered selfish that it's giving other people an opportunity to step up and change and grow. And so anytime you make a decision that's in your best interest and not, and I think when we, I think listeners know, I'm saying that your best interest from a soul point of view, of course. not, um, maybe not even financially. So, because sometimes what's best for our highest spiritual good, like spits in the face of like, like, are yeah. you really quitting your job to do right. this or that? So I think listeners know that, I mean, whenever you're making a stand or growing for your highest good, that other people are going to be bettered for it. So totally. yeah, just follow, follow that. Yeah. And something that came up when you were saying that is sometimes these people in our life are testing us. They're testing us to see if we can go and be empowered by making a decision and thinking about ourselves and not them and maybe they're on our path to help us with that struggle we're having another soul contract <laughs> exactly exactly but we we can't see that at the moment because we're just thinking oh i'm being selfish or we're getting into our ego right mm-hmm. and the idea is that we can pull away from that and think about what's for our higher good like you said so for the three teachers or teachings we have the akashic records teachers we have the akashic records themselves and we have self-love. If you wanted to group the two Akashic records together, you could. Do you have a third one that's coming up or? Um, Yeah, actually, yes. Uh, My astrology teacher and astrology. I think those, those two have really changed my life. Not only getting readings from my astrologer, she's been on our podcast actually. And I consider her my astrologer and my mentor. She's also my, my flowers teacher. She's 
this person I really look up to and I think she she's really empowered me to become a version of myself that I might have not expected I was or that I thought I could be. Some people might think it's very deterministic, like you can only be a certain way. I have found the opposite to be true. If I did decide my time of birth and where I was born to create my whole natal chart, that these were choices that I made because I knew it was going to be for my best good of what I needed to learn and experience in this lifetime. Of course. So rather than hating this part of myself, you know what? I'm going to love it. I'm going to embrace it because on a higher level, I, I chose this because I knew I needed to, to, ex, to experience something and learn something from that. So for example, it goes back to comparing ourselves. So uh, I listened to the Gabriel Ginter's podcast, My Leap of Faith, and her episodes are completely non-edited. You know, it's just a flow and that kind of thing. And I was wondering, why is it that I have to go back and edit my episodes and it's just not as, does that make me less authentic? You know, <laughs> you know, these are the thoughts that are coming up. If I'm having to edit my podcast, does that make me less authentic? But I follow the Molly McCord Intuitive Astrology podcast. And it was just such an aha moment that if I have Mercury in retrograde yeah. in my chart, then I may have to be the type of person that writes things down first before I say it. I'm yep. the type of person that needs to review, edit. So in that way, it just felt so liberating. Wow. So instead of judging myself now for having to go back and edit all the parts of the episode where I misspeak or I say all of my ums or <laughs> you knows, all of those filler <laughs> phrases that it's just me. It, that's my journey and I can, I, I can do me. I felt like that was my permission slip to, yeah. to just do me. I so. love that. Astrology, like I had my natal chart read by Patricia, oh my gosh, like two years ago. And I think a few months later, I was already signing up to do humanistic astrology. It's a three-year course. I'm, an, I'm a year and a half in, and I feel like I know nothing. <laughs> I'm just like, I get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> it's so much information. It's crazy. It's like a whole other, it's like learning a new language, mm -hmm. but it's beautiful. And I feel like that's going to be part of my, what I offer people and help people with too, because it feels, feels so, I feel so connected to it. It's so empowering. There were parts of my chart that I wasn't really vibing with, but then I got a book called Moon Signs, and it was talking about how the moon is where really about our emotional experience, yeah, totally. which can be just as important as our sun sign or even more so. I mean, so. you can just spend a whole year just talking about a planet, you yeah. know what I mean? And how, yeah. that, and how that aspect, like how that changes within just the houses, with the signs, like it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's so I was going with, where I was going with that is that if, even if there were parts of my, you know, being a cancer is supposed to look this way or my sun sign, but because of the Uranus in my first house and the placement of all these other planets, it can actually give you more of a, this flavor. And so I would yeah. like read that. I'm like, oh my gosh, that totally, that's more me. And so, yeah. And then just like, like you, is you are the, what aspects are, and then 
<laughs> yeah. And then you have to look the whole middle of the chart, right? Are there things that are opposing? Are there, you know, what's going on in there? Because then that changes the relationship of certain, certain planets and the signs. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's intriguing. It's, 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 you can spend days on a chart, like yeah. just breaking it down. It's, it's beautiful. And I think it's, it's a way to, you know, if you want to empower yourself, get, get a reading, get an astrology reading, really understand your natal chart. And that information is something that you don't have to, that doesn't have to be your destiny. Like you were saying, it's, I understand myself, I accept this, but I need to change this. And this just doesn't have to be a part of my, my history, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you feel so inclined, send me Patricia's information and I'll add For that sure, to yeah. the show notes. People can click on that if they're interested in getting more information. 100%, yeah, I'll do that. Well, thank you, Lorena, so much for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. I feel like we could have gone so much longer than we did. I feel like I tell people it's an hour and a half generally, and they're like, oh, really? I don't know that I have that much to talk about. It goes by fast. It goes by fast. Especially when you're talking about, like, really cool things and and sharing experiences. I think that that's beautiful, and it really helps people. Thank you for having me on. This has been... It's been great. And plus, I haven't seen you in so long since I think we did the course together or the reading. I don't remember what came first. It was the reading um, and then the course. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. That's been cool. So it's been a while. It's really nice to reconnect again. Absolutely. Hi, everybody. So I'm just going to break down the flower essence formula that I created for April. So one of the flowers that I have included is larch and larch is a Bach flower and that is to help with your self-esteem to kind of believe a little bit more in yourself and to find power within yourself. And then the next one is Serato and Serato is really just to be able to listen to yourself and to acknowledge yourself, your, your needs and I kind of like to think of it as also kind of like an intuitive flower. It really helps you look inside and find those answers for yourself. The next flower is white chestnut, also a Bach flower along with serrato and larch. So white chestnut is for the overthinking, to calm the mind and to become a little bit more present and to also assist with the insomnia and just like kind of difficulty sleeping sometimes. White chestnut is really good for kind of becoming a little bit more present. I find that a really great flower. The next one is elm, and that is also a Bach flower. And it's all about responsibility. So it's when we put too much responsibility on ourselves, taking care of others and doing things for everybody else. And it kind of helps us circle back to ourselves and find a balance with that responsibility and realizing that it's not about others and others' needs all the time, but I need to listen to myself and what I need for me in my life and in my, you know, my career, my work and all of that. So this could be like a good one for, um, you know, I think this happens a lot when with new mothers, for example, this isn't the case of like April, but with new mothers where they feel like they lose themselves. Um, I think that would be a great flower for that. The next flower is a flower essence society flower and it's baby blue eyes and it's to work through the, re- the father relationship to bring, um, and I don't recall exactly why I added this, but I do re- recall there was some, um, I think issues with, with the father and 
kind of abandonment. So it's a little bit of, you know, an abandonment can be very different for different people. I can feel abandoned even though my father's next to me because he's here, but he doesn't pay attention to me. So I think there's a lot of um, internal kind of work that we need to do. And I work a lot with the mother and father energies with the flowers. I like to, especially if this is your first time like doing a flower essence um, formula with me, I like to work through that. So the baby blue eyes is really to help you know, with that relationship and some, you know, abandonment, trauma, and, you know, there's some anger issues, some censorship issues, and that's all traumatic, and that also doesn't allow us to kind of go into our own power, and, you know, they're very, like, different for everybody, so what's traumatic to me might not be traumatic to you, so, you know, this is kind of um, different for everybody but in her case this was the right flower because there's different flowers for the father energy and this was the right one for her the next one is mariposa lily which is also a flower in society flower also known as california flowers and that is to work the relationship with the mom um, and i think there's a lot of issues with the mom relationship with feeling taken care of and that you know, Mariposa Lily really is to bring in more mother, to bring more of that nurturing energy into our life. And maybe our li life wasn't ideal with our mom when we were growing up. And this is to kind of heal that and to allow us to um, take care of ourselves too. And also this helps work our relationship as a mom. So if you have children, it could help you with your relationship as a mother and connecting more with that role and being more nurturing and being more connected to that mother energy. The next one that I chose for her was Cosmos, which is also a flower in society flower. And this is for clear communication and to like harmonize the speaking and the thinking and being able to just whatever comes out of your mouth to make a little bit more sense is to be a little bit more intentional with your words, but from a place of complete harmony and clear communication. And then the last one is pink monkey flower. And I, I, I use this one quite a, quite a lot with some of my clients. Um, and I find this to be a really good flower with, especially for her, I think it was a lot about um, feeling rejected and feeling exposed um, it's also helps with insecurities and dependencies um, it's very similar to a Bach flower called Mimilus which helps with fears so this is very similar in that sense so I think mainly I chose this flower because of um, I think there were some aspects of censorship and of judgment in herself and I feel like this flower could really help her just be her authentic self and help her express her like feelings and thoughts in a very genuine way and feeling completely authentic to herself. Also, um, this flower is helps people that feel like they can't make connections with others. And that maybe that comes from a place of fear or maybe it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But it helps you connect with people and things more. So there we have it. That is my uh, formula for April. So there's four, five, six, seven, there's eight flowers. And that's generally what I put anywhere between six to eight flowers per formula. And the idea here is that she's going to be able to heal some of this foundational stuff to help her feel different because the flowers do work at an energetic level and they help really 
heal, release, seal things and empower you. Um, I think that's something that I've felt with a lot of my clients. It's, it's empowered. They feel empowered with everything that, that they're going through, even though it might be difficult, right? All right, bye.